Hello and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Golden Globes to my Oscars. It's Justin Peach. Good day to you, Ryan. Justin, how the hell are you? I'm absolutely buzzing at this inaugural event that we're holding today. Is it inaugural? We had one last year. I don't know what inaugural means. I've, I've, no, yeah, neither do my, I. I. I always assumed it was the first. <laughs> it's always been one of those words which I have kind of knew what it meant, but I've never been confident enough to actually use mm. it in everyday conversation. Yeah, I thought it meant special event. <laughs> I thought it meant first. Oh, God. Fantastic start. You are listening <laughs> to the biggest championship-specific podcast, the second tier. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. Ladies and gentlemen... Tis awards season. Yes, that's right. It's the second tier awards. All the other so-called championship experts have had their say. Now it's the turn of the legitimate championship experts. I'm all suited and booted, wearing a tux for the big occasion. Justin is as well. You're drinking coffee out of a champagne flute. Look how fancy we are, Justin. Almost too fancy. We're too classy for our own good today. We are very aware that this is a podcast, so no one can actually see us wearing this unless you're watching us on YouTube, Second Tier Pod, if you want to have a look at us there. Uh, Apart from that, we all look very silly, but here we go. It is making an effort for such a big occasion. So we're going to run through all the big awards. Manager of the season, signing of the season, young player of the season, player of the season. But we may as well start off with team of the season. Which players have been the best in their respective positions in the championship this season. You're about to find out, ladies and gentlemen. Where else is there to start? But of course, with number one, our goalkeeper of the season. Justin, who have we got between the sticks? We've got Tim Krull from Norwich City. We absolutely have. Now, um, this is something that we'll go through when we go through each position. There were some positions which I struggled with Mm. in terms of finding, uh, you know, narrowing it down to just one player. And then there were some where there were so many options, I don't think we could have picked a wrong answer, really. Goalkeeper was one of those where I don't think there were particularly anyone who was too stand out this season. But for me, Tim Krull probably is the best goalkeeper in the Championship this season. I think based on form, I mean, he wasn't my first choice, but... You know, these things are always debatable, but he's certainly a a worthy winner of goalkeeper of the season, mainly because the first half of the season, he kept Norwich in games. Um, His his form in the first half of the season was just, it was was almost too good. Um, And Norwich missed him when he was out injured as well, because their form started to jitter a little bit. You know, there was a bit of nervousness in the air, but when he came back, they just went on a ridiculous run of games, which saw them over the line as, as champions of the, the championship. Um, so, yeah, he's certainly a worthy winner. And as, as we say, he's getting into the Holland squad as well. And the Holland squad is always full of talent, um, which shows his ability still. And he's still a Premier League goalkeeper. He just happens to play for Norwich, who bounce up and down between the Premier League and the championship at the moment. Yeah. Well, Norwich have conceded the second fewest goals in the championship this season. But when you look at the data side of things they haven't necessarily been as defensively solid as that suggests particularly in the first half of the season Uh, they were conceding loads of big chances and one of the main reasons why they managed to keep that goal tally down was because of the heroics of Tim Krull and he has been back to his best once again this season and having 
an experienced, reliable shot stopper like him has really helped Norwich be the team that they are in terms of confidence. And he truly is top class. He's going to have to have another big season with Norwich back in the Premier League. But if he plays like he has done this campaign, that's a bloody good start for Daniel Farker, isn't it? <laughs> Justin, let's move on to right back. And we were just saying a minute ago, there were some positions where we perhaps struggled a bit with nailing it down to just one. Mm-hmm. This was one position where there were so many options <laughs> as to who he could pick. It's almost like England. Who who the hell are you yeah. going to pick as your number one choice? Um, I, I would have quite happily have had Max Ahrens here, Chico Firminia, yep. Callum Britton. All had fair shouts, but of course we've gone to four. Swansea's Connor Roberts. Why have we picked him, Justin? It's just, it's been unreal. The consistency levels have been unreal. His his lungs are that of, uh, I'm trying to think of um, some animal that has large lungs. Horse. A horse. Yeah, that's the obvious one. Um, two horses. He's got An lungs emu. two horses. An emu. Yeah, why not? Um, <laughs> he arrives late in the box like an emu, but I don't think they're really renowned for that, so it's kind of off topic. <laughs> do emus arrive late in the box? They, they strike me as an animal that would do that because they're quite tall, coming at the back post, <laughs> getting on the end of a header. I don't know. I don't know what Connor I'm talking Robert's about. the emu. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's been asked to do two jobs this season, which is basically right winger, right back. Um, and he's done it so well for pretty much three quarters, four-fifths of the season. Um, defensively, he's, he's very good. Going forward, he's very good. He's popped up to, to score the winner on at least three occasions, the last one being the, the Derby result, um, where they beat Derby, where he, again, cross-field ball from the other side of the pitch, arrives at the back post and, and slots it in with his foot. He's done it against Forrest with his head. Yeah, he's just been ridiculously, ridiculously good and consistent. He's also the joint highest goal-scoring defender and he's... Um, made six assists this season which makes him the second highest uh, assist scoring defender this season so certainly a worthy winner yeah he's everything you'd want in a wing back isn't he brilliant cross off the ball loves taking on defenders surprisingly effective in the box steady defensively really long throw and most importantly he has got iron lungs and the, the man just does not stop running and it's a shame they don't do the stats in the championship for mm-hmm. distant covered because I'm confident he would be miles ahead of everyone else. And his form has been so important for Swansea this season because he provides all the width and at times they've relied on him getting them out of jail. Mm-hmm. And that's an impressive thing to say for a right back. The big worry for Swansea fans is if they don't go up, he's not going to be there next season. I don't think there's any anyone is begrudging him that because... That's where he belongs, 100% in the top division of English football. Justin, let's move on to centre-backs. We'll start off with Conor Roberts' teammate, Mark Gurhey. And I will say this, Justin. I've been looking at some of the other championship experts and their teams of the seasons. They're, of course, entitled to their opinions. But any team of the season which doesn't include Mark Gurhey should instantly... <clears throat> be declared irrelevant in my view <laughs> no I, I completely agree um just watching him in the playoffs sort of realigned the the thought process of he's almost too good for the championship um it's easy to run out of superlatives for him he's got everything you want in a defender he reads the game well he's a step ahead of his attacker um and, and Curtis Davis pointed this out um during the playoffs is rather than use his pace to win his duel with his man 
is already a step ahead of him. Um, and he's absurdly consistent for a lad of his age. And he's quite easily one of the best or, yeah, top two defenders, centre-backs in this league this season. Yeah, easily. Of course, he's had the playoffs, playoff semi-finals, where he was the best player on the pitch on both occasions. Mm-hmm. I'm even discounting that. Over the course of the season, in my eyes, there has been no better central defender than Mark Gurr. He has been absolutely top class for a 20-year-old. 20 years old, Justin. It's mad. He reads the game so well. It's like he's a step ahead of everyone else. It's like he's got, I don't know, a Marty McFly kind of look into the future kind of view of things. <laughs> and I'm going to say it, Justin. He is a Rolls-Royce defender. As tr- oh, as true yeah. as that phase can be. Um, he's obviously on loan from Chelsea. And if I was Thomas Tuchel, I'd be including him in the squad for next season. Not sure if he will. I think Lampard might very well have. If not, he'll be a fantastic signing for a Premier League team next season, whether it's on loan or even permanently. Oh, I think that Without I doubt. think this lad's got a big future in the game. Justin, who have we gone for as Mark Gurhey's defensive partner? It might be a bit of a surprise, but he's been that good this season. We've gone with Grant Hanley. We absolutely have. And I'm very aware that someone on Twitter is going to say, Oh, you put you criticising Norwich defensively earlier. That is true. But Norwich they're going to be vulnerable defensively considering how they play. But even I admit they've been a different animal at the back in the second half of the season and that is in no small part down to Grant Handley. He has been the perfect centre-half for this Norwich team. Not usually the type of defender you'd associate with being able to play the ball from the back, but he's actually really good at it and he's been quality at the defensive side of the game for quite some time now. And he's also deceivingly quick. How good has he been this season, Justin? Really good, very, very good. Um, for for a for defender who is not renowned for his ball playing abilities, um, I think having someone like Ben Gibson, who is much better at that job alongside him, helps him because then he can concentrate his game on doing what he's very good at. What got him his big move to to Newcastle, um, you know, his former Blackburn, and that's just being a good defender. And that's first and foremost what he's been doing. And obviously, we say Norwich weren't typically very very good defensively in the first half of the season they did concede a lot of chances without conceding too many goals it's not necessarily down to one defender Grant Hanley he's he's been the leader they need and he's had to step up this season because he was a bit of a, a bit part player in there um in the season that they went up uh, the first time around under Farker um, and obviously Ben Godfrey leaving he's had to step into those shoes which isn't a diff- which isn't an easy thing to do and, he, and he's been a real leader in that team and it showed having that maturity and, and leadership at the back that they've been able to build through the thirds like they have this season yeah absolutely he's got better and better as the season's gone on and there aren't too many strikers who have managed to get the better of him in a one-on-one situation and as you say his partnership with Ben Gibson has been class and Gibson was actually another one who was close to being in this team he, mm. he, he was almost as close as being a straight coin toss between Gibson and Hanley (laughs) to be the other defender in this team because one of them at least definitely deserved to be in this side Justin who have we gone for as left back again this is a position that wasn't so easy because we always seem to have Mm. a problem at left back and I don't know why I remember last season it being a struggle yeah I think we went with Stuart Dallas in the end who wasn't necessarily a left back having said that there are so many good left backs in the championship it's Mm. just there's so many like question marks you can hold against him, like Rico Henry, for example, probably the best left back in the division, has only 
played so many games because he's missed a lot of it through injury. Adam Messina mm-hmm. and Janoulis were the other ones who came to my head, but they've only played, you know, half the season because they only came in, yeah. only really came to their teams halfway through the season. But the best left back for me this season, quite easily, and I think we both agreed on this actually, yeah. Callum Styles at Barnsley. The lad has been nothing short of a revelation, has he, Justin? I absolutely love him. I've loved him from game one. Um, his tenacity, his intensity, it's just everything is well suited to that Barnsley side. And again, a bit like Connor Roberts, he's had to do two jobs this season. He's had to be a left winger and a and a left back. And it's not it's not an easy job to do. You've, you have got to have, as you pointed out, the lungs of a horse. Um, and he's done that. But he's done that with, um, well, his defensive side of the game especially has been um, a step ahead of a lot of players in the league. And let's bear in mind his favourite position is central midfield. He's not a he's not a left wing back by by trade. He's 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 a centre midfielder, and I fully expect him once Alex Mowat leaves. Should Alex Mowat leave, I'll, I'll add to step into that position. Um, but just going on to the stats side of it, he's won the second most tackles this season for a defender. He's made the second most blocks, and he's contributed with four goals this season. And there were four cracking goals as well. And he's 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 just been well suited to this Barnsley side, and it's been an absolute pleasure to watch him. Alongside some of the other Barnsley players, but you know, especially him, because as I say, he's been brilliant. Yeah. Well, you say you'd like to see him in midfield next season. I think he's just played so well at left back <laughs> that he's got to stay there. He, he's almost nailed down that position now. I will be honest. At the very start of the season, he was on my radar, and I was aware of his existence, but he, I didn't really know too much about him because he's he barely featured for Barnsley prior to the season, mm-hmm. and. He's certainly caught the attention now of not just myself, but plenty of Premier League clubs, I imagine, especially now Barnsley are staying in the yeah. Championship next season. He is the kind of left-back everyone wants in their team. He loves going forward, loves taking players on, has got a hammerhead of a left foot and is great defensively. And as you quite rightly said, he was a centre-mid up until this season, which is a crazy thought. In fact, the transition to full-back slash wing-back has been quite reminiscent of Matty Cash at Forest last yeah. season in the way that they're both kind of similar players actually, but in the way that they were midfielders have gone to fullback and have looked like completely new players. He has been absolutely brilliant. Key to Barnsley's success this season. Want to know a final fact on him, Justin? Go on then. He's eligible to play for Hungary and Ukraine. So oh. there you go. Yeah. He's still a fairly, fairly young lad and I imagine he might fancy his chances of playing for England eventually but he has said he wants to play international football so why not Hungary and Ukraine get on the phone that's, lads that's a really good stat especially Thank after you. the Brent Brereton call up yeah who knows what's going to happen anymore yeah. um, Justin before we move on to midfield um, I can already hear the Watford fans you know typing on their keyboards asking why there are no Watford defenders in this team because Watford have got the best defensive record or joint best defensive record a championship side has ever had in the championship. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say this, I was happy to have Watford defenders involved, but you overruled me. Why did you overrule me? Watford this season have been like a a bit of an A and a B side on a record. Um, The A side has been this season under Isco Munez. The B side has been largely forgettable under Ivic. Um, and that's one of the reasons why, because obviously there's just, it's been a Jekyll and Hyde season for them. Um, and as well as that, a lot of their defence, they've, they've rotated their defence quite often, which getting the best defence record in the division doing that is actually quite staggering. But 
given that the, the likes of Cathcart, Trusta Kong, Alter, Messina, they haven't reached 40 games, I think Firmenia is the only one. And it's unfortunate that Conor Roberts and Max Ahrens were in that position ahead of him because they've been outstanding. Because um, obviously Kiko Firmenia would have definitely been um, the top choice. And again, with Ben Foster got injured halfway through the season and Backman stepped in. We can't choose a team of the season based on half a season's worth of performances. It's got to be the full season. The full season. Your words, not mine, is all I'm going to say. <laughs> I, I was happy to include a Watford defender. Soralto has been absolutely class in a, the second half he of the has. season. Absolutely superb. Justin, let's move on to midfield and we'll start on the right wing. And I don't think we need too much of an introduction here, Justin. We all know who it is. It's Emi Brandia. I mean, of course it is. It, if, you, if you're building a championship team of the season, Emi Brandia is the first person you put on the team sheet, isn't he? You could have put him on the team sheet or the team of the season sheet at the start of the season. Um, I know, I know, he had a bit of a slow start because there's a lot of speculation about him, but he's still bloody good, um, and he's got even better. He's, he's just a cheat code at this level. He, he shouldn't be allowed. Um, he shouldn't be allowed to exist in the championship. It's not fair on everybody else. Um, and to to score 15 goals and create 16 goals is is absolute madness for a for a player who. Um, has only finally just had international recognition from from Argentina. Um, obviously, caught up to squads recently. That's testament to how good a season he's had. Because Argentina going forwards have always been a very well stocked side. So they're calling up a championship player to to do or to, to help out. Essentially, is is, is staggering. So yeah, he, he fully deserves his place, and um, I'm sure we'll talk about him later as well. But what a player! Just what a player! Let's just 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 revel in his ability. It's it's yeah. amazing. I mean, what more can we say about him that we haven't been saying every single week? And that's the scary thing for me, he, how scarily or startlingly consistent mm-hmm. he's been. Every nine out of ten games, he's the best player on the pitch. For for an attacking player to be able to do that mm-hmm. so regularly, I don't think it happens very often at this level. You're talking in the same category as your true championship greats. And it's been abundantly clear since very early on that he shouldn't have been playing in the Championship this season. For me, he's top six Premier League. And one of only three players in the Championship ever have managed to get 15 goals and 15 assists or more in a season. And he's done that. He's outstanding. And I can honestly say it's been a pleasure seeing him in the Championship this season. Hasn't been particularly fair on the other sides in the division, but my God, what a player. Let's go to centre mid, Justin. Our first centre mid is a man who has been at the centre of one of the biggest success stories we've ever seen in the Championship. Justin, who have we got? Alex Mowat. Yes, of course, of course it's Alex Mowat. <laughs> he, is, he is the key cog in this Barnsley team, the heartbeat, the sun in the solar system <clears throat> of this Barnsley side. And Barnsley would not have been as successful this season had it not been for Alex Mowat. That left foot, simply a wand. And whether it's a set piece, unleashing a worldie from distance or creating a pinpoint chance, he is the perfect playmaker at championship level. Also not afraid to put in a shift for his team. He was my first choice centre midfielder quite easily this season, Justin. He was, yeah, it was without doubt again. It's quite easy to put him in. He's got the best left foot in the league. Or oh, it's all right saying it's a one, but it's the best left foot in the league. Um, the way he strikes a ball is is ridiculous. Um, and it's important to point out that he plays in a midfield too. 
but it feels like a three. Um, he's able to dominate with and without the ball. His delivery, as, as we know, is, is amongst the best in the league and his form is no surprise to me this season. I was calling for, for clubs to pick him up in the summer, last summer, I should say, because um, obviously he had a year left on his on his deal. But eight goals, seven assists from, from centre mid is, is a good effort. And as well as that, he averages the most second key passes from a central midfielder, which is obviously creating chances for his team. Um, and he's made the second most tackles for a centre midfielder this season, which is a surprise. Well, actually, no, it's not a surprise. Well, you can do it all, can't you? He is yeah. just your perfect all-round playmaker, really, in the way that he puts in a shift and is also fantastic on the ball. There's not much mm. more you could want from him this season. He has been absolutely superb. Another player who seems to be getting better and better in his career and it's going to be very interesting to see where he is next season because I fancy him to make the step up whether it's you know top level championship club or play uh, Premier League side absolutely fantastic player uh, the next centre mid was an interesting one Justin because I, I mm-hmm. had a couple of options in my head but we've gone for the player who has been very much the unsung hero in this Norwich team this season mm-hmm. and I think every Norwich fan is desperate to get him back on loan again next season. That is, of course, Oliver Skip. Why have we picked Oliver Skip, Justin? The way he marshals that midfield um, is is ridiculously, again, mature for his age. You look at Mark Gurry playing at 20 years old. Oliver Skip's 20, 21. He's, he's, he's plays with a lot of maturity and there's a lot of emphasis on him in that midfield to do the job that... Um, they need him to do because he allows that midfield trident to be as creative as they want to be. Um, to have someone like him in the team um, is, is is essential for Norwich and to have someone of his ability is is much needed. Um, he suits Norwich perfectly. Is again a tenacious midfielder who wins the ball back and, as I say, allows the creative players to be creative. Every creative team like Norwich needs a man like Oliver Skip. Yeah. Getting him in has been a bit of a masterstroke by Norwich because he is exactly what they needed. Someone to provide that shield in front of the defence, but he's also very, very capable of playing the ball. Um, And he's another one who has got better and better as the season's gone on. Only 20 years old. I I, I didn't realise he was only 20. I thought he was, you know, 22, which isn't, you know, much of an age difference. But for someone so young to play as well as he has done in that role, it's actually quite scary. And I'd say he's one for England fans to watch out for over the next few years because he has got a big, big future, no doubt about that. The next person we've got in our team of the season, Justin, on the left wing, has given quite a few right-backs nightmares this season, hasn't he? We've gone for Bournemouth's Arnott Danjuma. And wow, what a player this guy has turned out to be. Obviously, he was he signed by Bournemouth for the Premier League last season. Didn't really get much of a look in. We were wondering how good he was going to be this season, and it turns out it's very bloody good. Um, I mean, are we surprised that a Dutch winger is is that good? You know, the, the wingers that they produce um, is, is is at a staggering level, really. Um, and Dan Juma is is another one. Um, the way he cuts inside and slots in calmly on his right foot, I think he's a bit like a, a Ian Robin in that sense because of how consistently he does it and defenders just can't get close to him when he does it. Um, but 17 goals and 7 assists for for a player who has only played 36 games. He's missed he missed a, a chunk in the middle of the season um, through injury and, and coincided with Bournemouth's poor form as well. 
yeah, he's, he's he's so good. And again, he's another one at this level who shouldn't be playing at this level. And you know, we love the championship, but seeing players like Arnott Damjuma on team sheets is is scary as an opposition supporter, let alone an opposition right back. Yeah, well, the first half of the season, um, he was playing well without necessarily getting the numbers on the board. Mm-hmm. He was still providing, you know, pl- plenty of a threat down the left hand side for Bournemouth. Then he had that couple of months where you quite rightly say he got injured. Then he took a bit of time to get used to being back in the team and in the final third. Wow, oh wow. He has been brutally devastating on that left-hand side. This Bournemouth side is full of unbelievable talent, but he is quite easily the star man. He's got the finishing ability of a striker, fast as lightning, and also a very good passer of the ball, which is possibly a side of his game which is a bit underrated because when you see you know, a goal-scoring winger like him cutting inside... Mm. You obviously think, well, he's fantastic at the finishing, he's fantastic at dribbling, but he is also brilliant at setting up chances as well. He he, he can do it all in that position. If you're looking for an inside forward cutting from the left-hand side, then Premier League sides should be whipping out their wallets as soon as possible. There's absolutely no surprise that he's been linked with the move to the Premier League now that Bournemouth have been confirmed that they're staying in the Championship because he is just unreal. Absolutely unreal down that left-hand side. Let's go to striker, Justin. Now, we have had an exceptionally high standard of mm. strikers this season in the Championship. There are about five players who, in normal seasons, would have got into this team but have missed out. Such is the quality of the front men that we've seen this season. It's been a different level, really. We'll start with the obvious one. Ivan Tony. Anyone who does a team without him needs their head checking or is plainly just fishing for a reaction. 31 goals, the most ever in a championship season. 10 assists as well. For me, he's the best championship striker ever. You disagree and you're more than entitled to your opinion. But there is no doubt he has been the best striker in the championship. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Um, I do love Ivan Tony, by the way. I know I'm not on that bandwagon of he's the best ever and, you know, like to see him a little bit more to, to get to that level but this season he's just been so clinical um, he's got the highest goal conversion in the league He's but away from him being a, a goal scorer his work off the ball his link up play he's the real deal he really is and um, anyone who doesn't think he's going to play at the top level anytime soon again needs to give their head a check because whether Brentford are in the Premier League or not they're going to be clubs lining up for him um, because as I say for a number nine, he's got everything. And at the weekend um, in the playoffs, I was, I was just really surprised at the amount of headers that he won. Um, and he doesn't look necessarily imposing as a number nine. He doesn't have the physicality that the Matt Smith or the, um, I don't know, I'm going back to Steve Howard as, as, as traditional number nines in the championship. Um, he doesn't have that level of physicality, but he still beats his man, um, which again is testament to his, his ability and his um Physical ability as well. Yeah, well, he's been frankly consistent in front of goal. But as you quite rightly say, he can do it all at this level. His finishing is a 10 out of 10. But then the rest of his game is at least a 7. His ability in the air, his pace, contributing to the build-up, finding his teammates with through balls. It's just so impressive to have a player like that playing at this level. And there aren't many more compliments we can give him. Um, I think this is possibly the last time I'll actually mention him on this show, Justin, um, after the uh, playoff final on Saturday, of course. So this is the last time we can really big him up as 
having this fantastic season. The final compliment that we can give him is that for a player who was brought for seven or eight million, whatever Brentford paid for him, it just seems like a bargain in hindsight. Superb business, really. Brentford, when they pay that much for a player, you know he's going to be a fantastic player and he has proved them right once again. Um, Justin, let's move on to the final striker. So many players who could have gone in here. Adam Armstrong, Kiefer Moore, Lucas Schau. Am I forgetting anyone? Andre Ayew. So Mm. many players who could have picked here. Who have we gone for? Timo Pukki. Come on. Yep. Why have we picked... Why have we picked the Finnish finisher? <laughs> uh, 26 goals this season. Um, quite rightly, one of the most deadly um, strikers a championship has ever seen. Contrary to Ivan Tony, whose work off the ball and in and around the box is, is great. Timmy Puki in the box is a terrifying prospect at this level. His numbers are frightening. Uh, they're, they're so scary. Um this guy was a free transfer. We talk about Ivan Tony being a snip at eight million. Timo Puka was a free transfer. Mm. It just blows my mind. Um, and he's only really had a couple of dry spells this season. But his finishing is is amongst the best in the league. Um, and, you know, I talk about goal conversion quite a lot. It's only second highest to, to Ivan Tony. He's taken less shots than Armstrong and, and Tony as well. So his ability once he get once he gets on the blind side of the defender, um, and he just he just it. it Time and time again, just able to slot it in at the far post. It's 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 control alt v. Yeah, you're control, right. Control yeah, yep. copy and paste. Um, it's madness. It's madness. I I, I love Timo Puki a lot, and again, hopefully, we'll see him again. Maybe. <laughs> do you, Do you really Another want season? that? You're just going to anger Norwich fans by saying something like that. Um, his movement off the ball is the most impressive thing for me because the number of times he manages to find himself one on one with a goalkeeper is just unbelievable. Of course, he's got a good supply line with Brendia, Cantwell, Skip, all these players who are fantastic at finding, you know, their their teammates ahead of them. But Puki. He makes it a lot easier for them when he manages to find himself in space so often. And you're quite right. His finishing is just sensational. He's so clinical in front of goal. He started off the season in a bit shaky form. He was kind of carrying on his form from in the Premier League last season where he didn't have the best of second halves in the Premier League, obviously. But then when he finally managed to hit the ground, he was hitting the ground running <laughs> and was just as deadly as ever. He is... One of the best championship strikers we've ever seen. Absolutely fantastic. Hopefully he can continue this form that we've seen in the second half of the season in the Premier League with with Norwich next season. Because if they do, that's a very good start again. Justin, let's move on from team of the season. In fact, let's have a little break. After that, we'll talk about signing of the season, most improved player of the season, goal of the season, young player of the season, and of course, player of the season. I tell you what, there's nothing I love more than a classic football shirt. I've got loads of them. A Juventus shirt, Marseille shirt, even an Antalya Sport shirt. One of the reasons I've got so many is because I can get them for a great price from ClassicFootballShirts.co.uk. They've got shirts for teams from all over the globe, and that of course includes championship clubs. So if you wanted a classic Wednesday shirt, Reading shirt or Barnsley shirt, whoever you support, they'll have something for your club. 
It's not just shirts either, they've also got tracksuits, baseball caps, socks, so much stuff. Have a look for yourself. Go to classicfootballshirts.co.uk right now. Welcome back to the Second Tier Podcast. This is the Second Tier Awards, where we're going through the best players in each position in the championship and going on to the other awards for the championship this season. We're going to start off with signing of the season. Now, there are plenty of fantastic signings in the championship this season. Clubs have had to be a bit more uh, subtle with their movements. We haven't seen much money splashed around in the championship over the over the past season, have we, Justin? Um, I think that's mainly because of COVID. COVID has oh, meant yeah. teams have had to be a bit more sensible and a bit more prudent in their spending, haven't they? Plenty of options for this once again, um, but I think we were both in agreement that this player in particular was one hell of a signing for their respective side. Yeah, we've we've gone with Josh Laurent at Reading. Yeah, absolutely fantastic buy. He, they got him for free from Shrewsbury last summer, and nothing short of sensational, Justin. He's yeah, he's what he's doing is is for me he's really transformed how Reading play. Um his partnership with Andy Rinamotte has been one of the key partnerships in the in the division this season. Um obviously Reading for me are very unfortunate to miss out on the playoffs, but the reason why they got close to being in the playoffs is not only because of how clinical they were, but they had that defensive balance in midfield. Again, a bit like Oliver Skip, what we were talking about in the first first half at what he did at Norwich. Um Josh Lawrence allows the creative players to create for Reading. He allows uh, the likes of Mark, uh, Michael Elise, Ovi Ajaria, John Swift when he's fit, Yakumete to do what they're good at. Um, and uh, he's brought so much balance to that Reading side. He's going to be a player who, in the future, I imagine, will go for five, six, seven million pounds because for a midfielder, he's again, he's what you want when you want to allow creative players to express themselves. Um, and he's, as I say, really transformed how Reading play. Yeah, he's brought something completely different to Reading this season. And when you look at, you know, top level championship ball winning midfielders, he is mm-hmm. that. He is he reads the game so well. I think he's twenty six now, but one hell of a player. I can't believe that Reading managed <laughs> to get him for free because in hindsight, he is he looks like a million pound multi million pound player. Unbelievable oh, yeah. signing. And they got him from Shrewsbury as well, so I don't think even if he wasn't out of contract, I think they would have got him for a fairly low fee. Um, mm. But just getting him for free is just fantastic business from Reading. The scouting they must have done to get that, I think it was Mark Bowen who was particularly keen on him. But mm-hmm. they must have done a hell of a lot of recruiting, um, hell of a lot of uh, scouting, I should say, to get him in. And yeah, fantastic signing. I don't think we were in any doubts that he was the signing of the season for Reading because he has been fantastic. Most improved player, Justin. We've already mentioned him in this episode, but it has got to be Callum Styles at Barnsley. Wow. We were just talking a second ago, weren't we, how he has gone from, you know, kind of squad player centre midfielder for Barnsley last season, and now he has become the best left back in the championship this season quite quite arguably the best left back in the championship this season um yeah his 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 stats have just jumped haven't they they've they've gone from as you say a squad player to 
first name on the team sheet um, to to two best in the league. Quite simply put, um, again, his numbers have, have really surprised me in in how in how well he's adapted to playing left wing back and how well he's adapted to playing in Valerian Ishmael's setup. Um, but that's that's exactly what it is. And again, we've got to bear in mind that Barnsley were. They, they survived on the last day. In fact, they survived because of a, a points deduction for Wigan um, last season, which from a player perspective shows you how much each individual has had to step up and improve this season. And Callum Styles, as we say, has gone from squad player to best left back in the league. Easily most improved player this season. Yeah, and he's barely featured for Barnsley last season. And now you look at him now, you you would be surprised to find out that's the case. He was just coming off the bench quite a bit, and he's gone from you know starting five games last season to starting forty two this season mm-hmm. for one of the biggest success stories in the championship. It's quite remarkable, it really is, and he fully deserves this award. I don't think any player has seen such a rise as Callum Styles this season, and that's why he is quite rightly won this award we're just repeating ourselves if we go over why he's so good because we've already mentioned him as the best left back in the championship this season but most improved one million percent goal of the season justin now it's got to be said there's been a very high standard of goals this season i mean will volks scored from well inside his own half but that wasn't even in our top five and I wonder if it's got something to do with, you know, the situation that we've seen this season where the lack of fans in grounds has made players think, well, I can have a crack. And they thought, well, may as well. And it's just worked out on plenty of occasions this season. Uh, That's just one theory I've got. But the player who has won goal of the season for us is Scott Sinclair for his stunning strike against Bournemouth. For anyone who hasn't seen it or can't remember it, Search it out. When you first see it, it really is a thing of beauty. A lob from 40 yards out. And the most incredible thing is, Asmir Begovic, who was in goal, is barely off his line. (laughs) You've got one of the tallest goalkeepers in the league, maybe even the tallest. And the only way Scott Sinclair could have scored this was by putting it exactly where it's gone. It was absolutely stunning, Justin. Yeah, it's... Goal of the season is always something we've got to compromise on uh, because my goal of the season is different to your goal of the season. But we find a happy medium, and this and this Scott Sinclair goal very much fits that fits that bill, doesn't it? In fact, the Edison Cavani goal, um, the final day of the Premier League season against I can't remember if it was against now, it was Fulham. only at the weekend. Fulham, um, it's exactly like that. <laughs> um, but obviously, Cavani. Oh, I'd, say, I'd say this goal was better than that. Yeah, no, in fact, it was, it was. But because, obviously, one place for United, the other place for Preston, there's going to be a lot of talk about the, yeah, the yeah. United one, which is frustrating for us championship lovers. But yeah, this, this, this is, I don't know, how, I don't know how you get the ball in that small gap between the tip of the goalkeeper's fingers and the goal, essentially. Mm. Um, from a from a player who isn't renowned from scoring from range, by the way, Um He's a player. It's a goal that really does. Uh, that is, it's very easy on the eye, aesthetically pleasing, and um, a top top finish from from a very good player. We'll add. Yeah, the technique as well to be able to control it and put as much power into it as he has done. It was just perfect. It was such a sensational goal. I, I can't stress this enough. If you can't remember or haven't seen this goal, please search it out. Preston v Bournemouth at a 
the Vitality Stadium earlier in the season. A couple of other goals deserve mentions as well. You were particularly keen on Jamalo's goal against Cardiff, weren't you? I thought mm-hmm. Sergi Canos's volley against Cardiff was also brilliant. There were so many choices we could have picked here, so it had to be a bloody good goal to win it. And Scott Sinclair against Bournemouth fully deserves that. Young Player of the Season, Justin. Another award where plenty of options, so many options you could have picked here. I mean, Max Ahrens, Michael Elise, Oliver Skip, Harvey Elliott. So many unbelievable young players we've seen in the championship this season, but we haven't gone for any of those players. Who have we gone for? We've gone for Mark Gerhey. Yeah, he's getting a lot of praise on the second tier at the moment, but it is fully deserved because for a 20-year-old defender to be playing as well as he has done is quite remarkable. And one of my big gripes with modern football is how defenders and you know your unsung heroes don't really yeah. get the praise that they get. They don't win awards, really, do they? So it has to be a pretty standout performance over the course of the season for a player to win this kind of award. And I think Mark Gurry fully deserves it. Yeah, I think I fell into that trap a little bit when I was choosing mine because I, I, my, my first choice was Michael Elise, Mark Gerhe closely second. Um, but as you say, the unsung hero of teams, defenders don't get too much recognition and we've got to bear in mind that Swansea had the second best defensive record in the league, don't they? But they've won the games with they've won the most games with clean sheets this season, um, and that's down to the the, the defence and the control that they have, um, and obviously they they they've they've got into the playoffs with a, an inexperienced team with Mark Gerhey as one of the leaders. It feels yeah. like in the team yeah. at twenty years old, um, is his form this season has been staggering, and again. A lot of it's, this is why loan players make me sad because you know they're going to go, you know they're not going to be here around for very long. You're going to get a good year with them or a year and a half in Gerhe's case, and they're going to go on to bigger and better things. And that's very much what Mark Gerhe is going to do. Absolutely, it, it the pure, you know, talent that he's got for a 20 year old is just astonishing. And we are kind of just repeating ourselves. I'm very wary of that, so sorry if I am just saying what I said earlier. But his reading of the game and his you know, physical ability for a 20-year-old is staggering. Um, brilliant in the air for someone who I think is 5'11", 6'4". He's not very tall for a centre-half, but you wouldn't have been able to guess it because he dominates games mm-hmm. so well. Um, and as we say, next season, he will be in the Premier League. I've got no doubt about that. It just depends at what level he's with. I think he could get into the Chelsea side. If not, a Premier League team should happily be taking him up on load and if he does play regularly in the Premier League next season then he could be involved in the England setup in the very near future. Justin, manager of the season. I thought this was fairly obvious. However, mm-hmm. the LMA Managers Championship Award or whatever it's called, Championship Manager of the Season, they've gone for someone completely different and I was just quite frankly appalled that this manager who we've chosen was overlooked by Daniel Farker. Daniel Farker, very good season. Got no gripes yeah. with him about that. But I think manager of the season in the championship, there's only one answer, isn't there? It obvious. It's very obvious. It's Valerian Ishmael. Yeah. I, I just can't understand how he hasn't been given championship manager of the ward by the LMA. I, I'm not sure what the other, you know, 
manager of the wards have been who they've been given to. But if it's not Valerie and Ishmael, then I've got to question the sense of it all. Do the managers vote for the LMA? I think they do, don't they? I'm, I'm guessing they do. But even then, how they can't vote for Valerie and Ishmael, I just don't understand. But let's ignore that, Justin, because yeah. Barnsley this season, the success story that, you know, there are so many strands to how unbelievable it is that Barnsley have managed to finish fifth in the championship this season, staying up by the skin of their teeth last season. Arguably shouldn't have stayed up at all because obviously Wigan went down via points mm-hmm. deduction. Um, a squad that is made up of just £6 million worth of players and they finished ahead of a Bournemouth side which is worth at least £100 million. <laughs> they started the season with no wins in seven, I think it was, or no yeah. wins in six, something like that. And they've managed to finish fifth in the championship and miss out on promotion by a game. This achievement by Valerie and Ishmael is one of the greatest achievements we've ever seen at championship level. Without doubt. Um, I've I've loved him so much. And just to reiterate the achievement, he's had two weeks to work on the style of play that Barnsley have, which was the international break in March. That's the only period of time that he's had a real break of games to work on getting Barnsley sorted. And Barnsley were very good before that. Um we can't we can't we just we can't move on without louding in in, in his efforts um I, I, don't, I can't remember they were winless weren't they when he came in or they they'd won one under adam murray they they um, struggled massively they were in, they were in dire straits essentially i think they were yeah. below derby um, and rotherham and and um, well, it was just wickham that were the saving grace really uh, for Barnsley at that time so yeah just that that transformation as well um, one of the lowest budgets in the league. Uh, There's just too many things to, to bring in to to, re, to reason why um, to reiterate the reason why Ishmael is manager of the season. Um, as I say, the way he's transformed the the, the club, the playing style, the expectations. Um, he's going to be a very good manager. Um, I, I suspect the style of play will will adapt the more he gets the more time he gets to work with Barnsley. Um, and for that reason and that reason alone, I think is why Barnsley are going to be able to compete again to get into the playoffs next season. Yeah, the style of play might not be to everyone's taste, but A, it's definitely exciting, and B, mm-hmm. it's definitely effective. Um, he's, he's had to think outside the box, hasn't he, to bring this style of play to Barnsley, and it's worked a treat. And now, when the ultimate compliment you can say is that there are plenty of Premier League clubs who are without managers um, next season who are having a look at him and I imagine there's even clubs abroad who are maybe even having a look at him as well because what he has achieved this season is nothing short of sensational easily manager of the season for me I, I, I just can't see how anyone could say any different quite frankly Justin let's move on to our final award it is the big award player of the season who has been the best player in the championship this season I don't know I actually, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm struggling to think of anyone that we could give the award to. I, Are you trying to be funny? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's Hemi Buendia. <laughs> yeah, of course, it's Hemi Buendia. I mean, for me, I had Hemi Buendia as my first choice, but Ivan Tony <clears throat> just behind him. But I'm guessing you had Hemi Buendia by quite a distance. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, well, why did you have him so far ahead of anyone else then? Uh, because he's 
streets ahead of everybody i think um ivan tony ivan tony has got a lot of i'm not taken away from ivan tony but he's got a lot of creativity around him to, to provide him opportunities to score emmy buendia is the opportunity emmy buendia makes norwich tick going forward he he supplies um all the creativity not all the creativity but 90 percent of their creativity you take him out of the norwich team and I think that they don't get promoted. I believe that. And it's no criticism to Norwich. Um, but he's just streets ahead of everybody, not only in his intelligence, but he's the way he plays, the way he carries himself. And okay, his head might have been turned, but he quickly got around to it at the start of the season and quickly fastened the seatbelt and just went and just drove. Because from four or five games in, he's been the best player in the league. I think I said it earlier. We could have, we could have put him in the team of the season at the start of the season. We knew he was going to be good, and that 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 expectation is why I think he's he's the best player in the league. I think for me, it's just the consistency for an attacking player, particularly on the wing, to you know influence games as regularly as he has done is is just unbelievable. It's just not something you see very often in the championship. I think I was saying earlier, only nine out of ten games. Um, every nine out of ten games is a brilliant game. Best player on the pitch. Those, mm-hmm. you know, five or six games where he wasn't the best player on the pitch, it just you just forget about them instantly because next week yeah. he puts in an absolutely worldy performance and he can do it all. Should be playing in the top six of the Premier League. It has been unfair for him to be in the Championship this season, but it has been absolutely brilliant watching him because he has been absolutely fantastic. Emmy Brendia, we take off our hats to you if we were wearing any hats. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Second Tier Awards. Thank you for listening to the show this week. Of course, this is all ahead of the playoff final on Saturday. We will be doing a live stream once again on Periscope on Twitter, YouTube, and also on Twitch now. We're also on Twitch, so make sure you join us then to watch along for the final game of the season between Brentford and Swansea, where we find out who is going to be heading onto the Premier League. Otherwise, we will be doing our normal episodes on Sunday as we react to that game and what promotion means for either Brentford or Swansea, what missing out on promotion means for Brentford or Swansea. We'll have it all covered, ladies and gentlemen. We are, of course, winding down to the end of the season now, but we will still be providing content for you over the coming months. And, uh, yeah... Thank you for listening to this year's Second Tier Awards. If there's anyone else who you think should have won in any of the categories, let us know on Twitter at Second Tier Pod. We're always very interested to hear what you guys have to say on all matters regarding the championship. But otherwise, we'll be back on Saturday for the live stream and then the new episode on Sunday. This has been the Second Tier Podcast. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.